Is it possible that current implanted technology violates biblical principles and is connected to the mark of the beast in Revelation 13? Are you ready to face the truth? Face the Truth is the weekly podcast from the Truth Church of Olathe, Kansas, with our pastor and Bible teacher, Bishop Gregory Riggin. Thank you to everyone who is listening in. I trust that today's episode will be a blessing to all of those who tune in. Bishop Riggin, in the previous two episodes, you shared principles to help us make decisions concerning obedience to government mandates. We know there will come a time when we are faced with decisions that will require us to apply these principles as we choose obedience to government or even losing our jobs. Help us apply these principles to the questions that may come up such as, is there a chip in the vaccine? Is this the mark of the beast? All right. And those are questions I think that are well worth looking into. I don't know that I've heard it as much lately as I did when the vaccine first came out. But there was definitely a lot of things that was circulating back when the vaccine first rose, where people were claiming that these vaccines, specifically the mRNA vaccines, had a chip in them and that anyone who went and got the vaccine was going to have that chip implanted. And then people were making the leap from there that if you're having a chip implanted, this must be the mark of the beast. And I've even heard people who have taken like the word COVID and assigned number values uh, C is three and o, whatever. And so they add all this up and they come up with 666, you know, by the time they're done. And so there was all of this that was being passed around early on. Again, I haven't heard that as much, but I still think it's a worthwhile discussion even now because the whole idea of the government requiring this passport requiring that we be able to prove that we have a vaccine or have had the vaccine. In some cases, you can't go into places of business in some states. So, you know, Revelation 13, 17, you mentioned the mark of the beast. So let's just go there. Revelation 13, 17 says that no man might buy or sell save that he had the mark or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. So that's the kicker. People talk about you have to have this mark, whatever it is, to be able to buy or sell. They're then connecting that to the vaccine passport, saying you can't buy or sell. There are venues you cannot go into, including some grocery stores in certain areas without this passport. And so you can't buy or sell. Now, you combine that with the very real fact. And some of our listeners may not be aware of this, but you can Google it. You can find out it is true. It's not being talked about as much here as it is in Europe. 
But in late December of this past year, just a few weeks ago, there was a, a news article about a company in Stockholm, Sweden, that was taking these uh, subdermal chips, microchips, and implanting them in people, and that these chips had the COVID vaccine information. And I've gone in and looked at several of those videos and read some of the things about it. And it is there, the materials in that chip, so that they can just hold their smartphone up to it and it pulls up a PDF that's stored on that chip. And that PDF is their vaccine passport. Now, in Sweden, they can't go to most entertainment venues. There's a lot of businesses they absolutely cannot enter without that passport. And so now they're putting the passport in a chip and putting it in their hand or their arm. And actually, they're using it for far more than that. If you look at it, and again, this is, this is not some rumor. This is not something coming from some far-right conspiracy page. It's a fact. You can look it up and see that it's going on. The company that is promoting this in Stockholm, the name of the company is Epicenter. You can look it up. They are recommending this. It's 100 euros, which comes out to about depending on, you know, day by day, the rates change, but it's somewhere around 115, 120 US dollars to be able to get this passport that's just with you all the time. And they talk about how smart it is to have it. And this way, they don't have to carry anything on their person. It's just always there. But this company also shows them using the same chip for security entrance. So like when they go to work, they can just scan it and it will unlock the door and they can go on in. No doubt computers that then that they are able to unlock their computer with the scanning of that chip. There's a lot of ways that that chip can be used. And the fact that it's being tied to a document that either grants or prohibits the ability to buy or sell in as much as it grants or prohibits the ability to enter these places where they would buy or sell. People are saying this is the mark of the beast. And again, they were saying that about the shot when it first came out, the vaccine when it first came out. Now, that's hopefully settled in everyone's mind that this shot itself, as it's being used right now in America, they're not implanting anything, any kind of microchip. They're not putting that in. If you go and watch people get this vaccine, and I, I know both of you have had the vaccine, I think that you could probably verify this. It's not that the nurse, maybe she did in your cases, I don't know, but I, I don't think the nurse walked in with a vial a needle, I should say, that's already filled with the vaccine. But she had to take that needle and put it into a vial and draw out 
what they're going to inject. Now, if they're putting this microchip into this vaccine, somebody's going to have to explain to me how they can have these microchips just floating around in this vial and that nurse is absolutely going to be able to stick that needle down in that vial and every time come back with a microchip in the needle. That's not going on. I feel like I can say that with 100% confidence that anybody that's getting the vaccine right now is not getting a microchip implanted as a result of taking this vaccine. Now, before I knew for sure what was going on, and there were a lot of sources saying this was happening, the thing that I was telling people was, number one, taking the mark forever dooms an individual. The Bible's very clear. You take that mark, there's no way to get around that. You're lost. It's over. You have sold your soul to the devil. It's done. Now, I just do not believe that a God who is filled with mercy and compassion is going to let people take this mark unknowingly, unwittingly, unsuspectingly, and doom themselves to hell and not know what Mm. they're doing. I cannot believe that God is going to allow that to be the case. I'm not a prophecy expert. I don't claim to be. In fact, this may blow some people's minds. It won't blow your minds. It may blow some of our listeners' minds, but I don't want to be a prophecy expert. I'm just not interested. It's not one of those things that I feel driven to understand. And I've explained this to the church that I pastor many times. I really believe that most of the future prophecy is something that we're going to come back after the fact and be able to say God hit it 100% right. But until it happens, we're not going to understand it. We're not going to know. Once it happens, it'll be clear that he was right. That's the way the prophecy of the Messiah were. And that's why so many Jews missed it when it did happen, because it was given in such a way. We look back at those prophecies now and we say, do you see how Jesus fulfilled this? Do you see how Jesus fulfilled that? It's very clear, abundantly clear now that those prophecies were fulfilled in the life of Jesus Christ. But the men who gave the prophecies, the men who heard the prophecies, the men who read and studied those prophecies for centuries— thought they understood them, but they didn't understand them. And most people didn't understand them until after the fact. Right. And that's why even Matthew in his gospel comes along so many times and says, so that the scripture might be fulfilled, or as the prophet said, Matthew's saying, okay, remember back, remember back. This prophecy you thought you understood, now let me explain what it really means. I just believe that the book of Revelation, much of Daniel's writings, I just believe that it's the same way. We can come up with our ideas. It's like one man I heard said, I'm tired of choosing who the Antichrist is because my first three have already died. (laughs) And so, uh, 
you know, I'm, I'm just not going to try to pinpoint who the Antichrist is and pinpoint here's when this starts. And here's when the, I just not, I'm just not interested. But there are some things in this that really seem to be clear. They are clearly stated. They don't really require a lot of interpretation. This mark, when a person takes it, it is a choice. It is a choice. They decide that I am going to take this mark. I am going to follow this path. And I just don't think that going in and thinking you're getting a vaccine when you're really getting the mark of the beast right. fulfills what little I understand about Revelation. I could be wrong, and there may be listeners who write in and just set me straight. And I'd be glad for you to do that. I Honestly, if you've got the answers, I'd like to know them. But like the man who had picked three Antichrists and they'd all died— most of the answers I've seen provided so far have just not panned out with time. But this, I feel like, is very clear, that this is not something that's going to happen to people by accident. This is not something that's going to happen to people unwittingly. This is something that people are going to make a willful knowledgeable decision that I'm going to receive this mark. So I, I can say, in my mind at least, absolutely not, this vaccine is not the mark of the beast. Having said that, when COVID first began to really be discussed and, and talked about and hit the news and, you know, I, like most people, I think was a little skeptical. It can't really be that bad. And, and, right. and I don't apologize for saying that you can go back now and see clips of members of the news media and even Congress who say, no, it's nothing much more than the flu. And encouraging people, I'll go to Chinatown, go, you know. Right. Now they regretted that later, though they would never admit that. They did regret having said those things. But none of us really understood how serious this COVID was. We didn't understand it. And then when I started hearing, they're shutting businesses down. And next, they're recommending churches to shut down. Red flags started going up. Right. And I thought, now, God, what is this? Are we getting ready to enter into this period called the Great Tribulation? I was raised pre-trib. My pastor believed that we were going to go up in the rapture before the tribulation ever hit. I am imminent return. I don't make a choice when I just say the Lord will come back when he's ready. Right. And I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> but I do not 
any longer try to make a stand against the possibility that the church will go through at least some, if not all, of this period of tribulation. My views on that have changed. One of the very few things I have allowed my views to alter on with regard to the things that I believe. But this idea that they're shutting churches down, it troubled me. And so I went to the Lord in prayer. Now, I want to be very clear. I'm not everyone's pastor. And I don't, I don't want to be, and I don't want any of our listeners who do not attend the Truth Church in Olathe to think that I've got any kind of God-given right over your lives or, you know, you don't have to take anything I say as being valuable for your life. And what I'm about to tell you is strictly something I felt and I believe was important for the members of the church I'm privileged to pastor. But I was asking God, what is this all about? There's something going on here that just deep in my spirit I didn't feel good about. I wasn't ready to say that COVID was a hoax. I wasn't ready to go that far, but I wasn't really ready to say that there wasn't something driving this. Right. And so I was just really torn. And so I went to the Lord in prayer and, and I was just asking God, Lord, what about this? What about this, this pandemic? What about this, all of this that we're now looking at and, and are we going to have to shut down and what's going to have to happen? And during that time of prayer, I felt so strongly impressed that the Lord said to me, this is not the thing to worry about. It's what this will usher in. Now, again, that, that's not scripture. It's, I'm not saying I'm infallible. I'm not telling our listeners that they have to set up and take note. I'm just saying what I believe the Lord spoke to me. And I do believe that he gave me a sense of understanding that somehow, not that COVID's not real, but that somehow there was a very dark force at work that would use this and take advantage of this and begin to usher in things that we do need to be worried about. We do need to be concerned about, which really I've said a lot of things, but I'm leading to the questions that you ask. I really felt like God let me know that there would be things taking place, transpiring during this season or whatever it's, it's going to be considered, that would usher in, if you please. Another man, I was talking to another man who had remarkably said he had felt the exact same thing. And the way he put it to me was he, what he felt impressed in prayer was that this was the forerunner. Okay. And so that kind of gives you an idea of, and when he said that, I thought, that's it, exactly. Right. That's exactly what I felt. This is the forerunner. Not that COVID, COVID is a real sickness. It's, it's a real thing, and I know that. I've had it. 
My wife's had it twice now. People that I know have died from it. It's very real. It's not a fake thing. But I do believe there are spiritual forces taking advantage of this. And I have said from, from that time, at least, until this, that we should be more worried about the spirit of fear that this has ushered in even to the church right? than we should be about COVID itself. Let, let's, let's, and don't misunderstand me, let's be safe. And the church can testify that I've always tried to stay ahead of the curve in doing things. In fact, we did shut our services down in a fashion before the government said we had to. Right. Our government was still giving us the liberty to have service. I chose to limit attendance. I chose to make certain requirements and guidelines obligations for attendance before the government told me. I didn't do it because the government said. I did it because I felt like it was wise for the care of our saints. The elders that we have in our church that have other issues, comorbidity they call it, other things that they're battling, everything that I was reading and hearing about COVID if they got COVID on top of what they're already fighting, it would be a death sentence to them. Right. And I wasn't willing to sacrifice saints to make a point to our government. Of course, again, I'm, I made the stand before the government required me to. But even if I had not, looking at this, considering our elders, considering what's going on, I was not willing to sacrifice even one of our elders for the possibility uh, or the possibility of sacrificing one of our elders just to make a statement to the government that I'm not going to bow to you. In line with the things that we've talked about in previous episodes, I didn't see where anything they were mandating was causing us to violate Scripture. They didn't say we couldn't preach. Right. They didn't say we couldn't proclaim truth. They weren't telling us what we could and could not say. And again, I had already made the limits before the government required it. So I didn't even feel like then that I was following government mandates. But if I'd already made them because I felt like this was the right thing, and the government comes along and says, this is what we want you to do, how are they then violating God and his authority, if I've already felt like that's what we needed to do anyhow. Right. So on the other side, this driving force that I kept feeling, this darkness that I felt like was taking advantage of this sickness, taking advantage of this in order to usher in things that would indeed bring us to the place where the government could start saying, hey, if you don't have this mark, you right. can't buy or sell. I think, and this is my opinion, but I think the whole COVID passport is a forerunner. It's not the mark. 
But I think it's a forerunner in the sense that it's getting us used to the idea right. that the government says, without this one thing that we dictate, you cannot buy or sell. Now, that's still in the courts. It's still being decided. We don't know where it's all going to end. I'll tell you, I've been shocked and disappointed at recent court decisions. Well, I thought we had conservative justices and they didn't rule conservatively. I don't know where all this is going to end up. There are cases right now during the time of the recording of this podcast before the U.S. Supreme Court testing whether these mandates are valid or not. It'd probably be settled by the time that we air this episode. But they're deciding that right now in the courts. I don't know where they're going to come down. But I wouldn't be surprised if they don't come down on the side of the government. Maybe they won't. I'm not prophesying. Maybe they'll come down and say, no, the government can't do this. Or they may say the only way the government can do it is to do it this way. Right. And then the government has full clearance sure. to go forward with it. And they will. And they will if they get that clearance. There's no right. question. They're going to go forward with it one way or the other. They're taking advantage of the fear of the people to push what they want. That's behind everything. And again, I don't want to turn this into a political podcast. That's not my intention. But I'm saying that there is coming a day, as you alluded in the opening of this episode, there is coming a day when if we don't have that mark, we're not going to work. If we don't have that mark, we're going to lose our jobs. And one of the last things that I talked about in the previous podcast was that if any provide not for his own, especially those of his own house, he's denied the faith. He's worse than an infidel. That's 1 Timothy 5.8. But I also went on to say that if you're standing for what God says, then God picks up the obligation to care for you. When the time comes that there is a mark out there that we know this is it. And we choose not to take that mark. We will, if I understand prophecy, and maybe I don't, but if I understand it, we will lose our jobs. We will not have money to buy what we need that mark is going to become our money. I've been told, I haven't verified this, I've been told that China right now is working on a cashless society. They're trying to push and they want to set the stage for that to be worldwide. That's been a part of what I've heard preachers say for years, that that's coming as a part of this fulfillment of Revelation 13. So I do think the day's coming. And I do think, this is my opinion, that this microchip that they're using for a COVID passport, they're using for other things, I think that's probably, again, setting the pace, a forerunner, whatever you want to call it, to lead us to that point. I don't think it is the point, but I think it's leading us to that point. And somewhere along the line, we're going to have to sit down with the four principles that I've given in the last... Right few podcasts and start sorting this out all right we are supposed to obey the government 
if they don't violate God's word. If they violate God's word, God's word takes precedent. So if they're telling us we have to have this particular chip to buy or sell, and we know this is, and it's clearly tied in in Revelation 13. It is, there's no hiding it. It's very clearly tied in to the beast and the image of the beast. There, there's no hiding this. There's no, oops, we woke up this morning and found out this chip that's in me was tied to the beast somehow. It's very clear, the beast, the image of the beast, all this is revealed, and then this mark comes out clearly tied and connected to that. So if the government says you have to have this implant and they connect it to the beast, whatever that is, then we know we've, we've got these principles to go on. We obey God's word. And at that point, obeying the government is disobedience to God's word. Right. So we don't obey the government. Now, for me, if they start pushing this COVID passport and it's a microchip, I'm not speaking for anybody else. I'm not even speaking for the members of my church. I'm saying me personally right now, looking at it where I stand right now, I think going that far would cross the line for me. I think putting that microchip in my hand would just be too close. Though it may not be the mark, it'd be too close for my conscience to live with. So that's where that third principle comes in, that I would stand on my, my conscious, conscience at that point and, and have a conscientious objection. And that's where the whole faith-based uh, exemption to me has to be pulled into play. It's a violation of my conscience. It's a violation of my conviction, not it's a violation of my civil rights, but a violation of my spiritual conviction. So that's it. And then when I look at number four, providing for my house, I have to then just stand on the promise that, all right, God, I'm putting your word first and because I'm putting your word first and that exempts me from being able to provide, it's now in your hands right. to do what I cannot. So yes, the day is going to come that we're going to all be faced with this decision. Do we obey the government or lose our jobs? That day is coming. We need to be using these principles enough between now and then, because I'm telling you, brethren, and telling everyone that's listening today, it's going to be more and more and more as the days progress. There are going to be more things that we're going to have to put to this fourfold test. There are going to be other things besides just this particular mandate that right. we're going to have to weigh out. And if we'll get comfortable in using this fourfold test to guide us through these things, through these murky waters, then when it comes to the real test and it comes down to that point in time, it's not going to be hard for us to just say, 
this is what I've decided a long time ago. This is where I draw my line in the sand. I'm not going any further. To do so would violate my conscience. To do so would violate the word of God. I'm not going there. Right. This decision's not going to sneak up on you. You made this decision, like you said. You've seen it coming. You've made your line. Absolutely. And you were expecting it. Just yes. You weren't in fear, but you knew it was coming. Right. Thank you, Bishop, for bringing clarity to a topic that can be complicated. We hope the listeners have enjoyed this series. We invite you to join us in the next episode of Face the Truth. Thank you to everyone who has joined us for today's podcast. We want you to know that we are here to help you in any way we can. If there is anything we can do for you, please don't hesitate to contact us. Send your prayer request to prayer at olathetruth.com. That's prayer at olathetruth.com. If you live in the Kansas City metropolitan area, we invite you to join us for our services this week. Sunday morning at 10, Sunday evening at 6, and Tuesday evening at 7.30. For those who cannot attend, we will provide a live stream on our Facebook page, our YouTube page, and our website, olathetruth.com live. Until our next podcast, take care and God bless.